0: The volume. Oral Sessions is brought to you by FanDuel. It's never been easier to play fantasy on FanDuel. Whether you love basketball, golf, soccer, or any other fantasy sport, there's a contest for every fan. FanDuel, more ways to win. Hey, hey, hey. Hello. Hi. Welcome to Oral Sessions. We've got a great week ahead of us, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you know, as people show up in other promotions and we, uh, get back into the world of wrestling, we had one, uh, episode last week where Amelia and I just got to shoot the shit and it was really nice. We had a nice little refresher that I had on Taylor Williamson. We went the comedy route. Uh, it was nice to just sort of hang for a sec. Yeah, it was, it was great. I had a great time, but now we're diving headfirst back into the world of wrestling. So if you showed up here to oral sessions, here's some wrestling interviews, then I have got you covered because today, none other than Ruby Soho herself is on the show. I, I wanted to get Ruby on from the get go. As soon as I heard about her release from WWE, I messaged her, wanted to get her on. She mentions in, in uh, the episode here, but she did not really want to do any interviews within those 90 days, uh, which I completely understand. Uh, selfishly, of course, I wanted to get her on, but we got her on today. And uh, yeah, things are all just coming up, Ruby, left, right, and center. We have a great chat, talk about uh, her as a person. We, you know, obviously we get into the wrestling stuff, but uh, sometimes it's hard when I'm doing the research for these episodes and uh, trying to find stuff out, little nuggets of information. And there really is not a lot about Ruby. So it was cool to, uh, to get a couple of those little nuggets from her. Uh, so here we go. Let's get into it. Here's my girl, Ruby Soho. Can we play her music right now? Are we allowed? Are we going to get sued if we play it? If not, can we play Ruby by the Kaiser Chiefs? Because that would also be a great entrance song for her. Different than Rancid, though. You know, a little different. (laughs) Here's the episode. What up, girlfriend? Hey, girl. Hey. How are you? I'm good. Why are you so pretty for? Oh, my God. Listen, here's what I think needs to happen. I think that these Zoom calls should be like Instagram where you can slap a filter over it because it's a lot of work when you're like, hey, can you like even for me to be like, hey, can you come on and do like the show? It's like, sure. But like, it's more work than that. You got to slap on at least a dab of fucking concealer, a little bit of blush and call it a day. But like, ugh,
1: I didn't wake up looking like this. I had dried drool and hair was Look like I got electrocuted. All of that I don't wake like this.
0: I put on makeup. I put some stuff in my hair, but it's still like it's not great. But it's it's great. as good as we're getting. Thank this, you. The room
1: is just like making you glow.
0: That's what you do. You get a loud wallpaper so that you can just blend in, like Homer Simpson, <laughs> like that meme of like, don't pay attention to me. Yeah, just look at the wallpaper. What is this situation that you're working with in your house right now? Because it looks
1: fantastic. I bought a house a couple months ago, right before I got released. And uh, it is a uh, basically a restored barn. So like what you're looking at is my bedroom right now. Are there like floors to this or is it like a loft space? There's just two, just the two. Like, yeah, there's a there's two floors and everything. And I have um, a barn outside, an actual barn that has uh, two and a half horses. Two and a half
0: horses. What does that mean?
1: Two big ones, two uh, uh, full grown quarter horses and a mini.
0: Like it's a mini horse that will stay a mini. It's not just a baby. Holy a mini shit. Horse. Oh my God.
1: <gasps> it is actually, it's Cash's oh. horse. Um, he is six months old and already has a horse. That's, um, uh, that's yes. Sarah Rose, baby, for people that don't know. Yes. Yes. Um, We, we got him that so that when he gets old enough, he can um, show her at the county fair. Her name is Jelly Bean. Oh my God. God, how did you acquire her? All three of them actually, uh, came together and it was, it was perfect. Really. Um, my neighbor was moving, um, and she had been, uh, close friends with the woman who previously owned this house and she was moving and she couldn't take her horses with her. And that was one of the big reasons I moved out here. One that and Sarah and, uh, She was telling me about it and it was perfect because they're older horses. My other two are brother and sister, and um, one's 22 and one's 19. What is the life expectancy of a horse not to be dark, but how long do they live? Usually a full ground is about 30. Um, Miniatures grow or to be a lot longer, like dogs, like the smaller the animal, the less health concerns that you're working with. So I'm probably going to have JB for quite some time.
0: That is so exciting. Do I need to get a mini horse?
1: Yes, a hundred percent. I feel like John will be very mad for saying
0: that, but yes. You know what? He, I feel like if I brought one home, he'd be like, "What the fuck!" But then he would become obsessed with it. They're the best, and you can have them in your house. I was
1: going to ask, do you do you bring jelly bean in the house? I haven't brought JB in the house yet. It is something that I am working towards. The dogs love her and I think she would, she just eats everything inside (laughs) though. So I'd have to put legitimately everything on a different shelf. Just jelly bean proof the whole house. Oh my goodness. She eats everything.
0: When did this um, country life kick in for you? Um, It was, like
1: I said, I bought this you know, I think a, a week before I had gotten released. Um, and I wasn't planning on getting horses that soon. Like it was something that I've always wanted. I used to ride when I was really little and horses just make me happy. Like I just look at them and then I smile and I like to hug them and kiss their nose and they just make me happy. And I knew it was something that I'd always like dreamed of and I wanted to make a reality. You know, I bought the house with the anticipation of like, oh, you know, within, you know, a couple of years or whatever. And then when I got released, I had, you know, three months to, you know, I remodeled the barn um, because there hadn't been horses that lived there for years and years and years. And then, you know, everything just kind of fell into place um, with the three that um, I'd gotten from my neighbor and I just got it ready. And I got the horses probably, I want to say a month before I returned. So I got to get settled and I got to just build this like little hideaway, peaceful, beautiful thing out here. I'm in the middle of absolute nowhere, and it's amazing.
0: Ah, oh, what a dream! Okay, how long until um Sarah gets you all strapped up and you guys are out uh, hunting together? Is this gonna oh, happen? Um,
1: so <laughs> there's uh, so I have a lot of woods on my property, and um, I think it's gonna be more so like I'm gonna hang out, you know, with Cash. And she's going to go do her thing. I don't have like, I'm all cool with what she does. Like, go ahead. Do you think girl? But it's, I I, I don't know if I could do it. And I also am terrified to like make a noise and like scare something off and then get the death glare from one of the rows. Yeah. (laughs) I'm terrified of that. So I've I've woken Sarah up when she's been asleep before. I know what that look looks like. (laughs) So I'm not trying to have that happen again. Are you going to grow stuff out on your farm? I don't have... A very green thumb. I've tried to grow things. I have flowers out front that. Can we died. work on
0: this together? Because my dream that. is
1: to become a green thumb. And I say this to John,
0: I kill cactuses. I can't keep anything alive. So maybe we can embark on this
1: journey together. I would love that because I have a little area for like vegetables and whatnot. I think it was like they did like, a, it was like a winery, like a winery. It's not vineyard, vineyard, not a winery. Cause that's after but um, like a vineyard area. And I am just terrified of it because I, I planted lilies when I first got here and they were dead within like three weeks. And I was like, oh, okay, fake plants because I can't kill those. So my mom did that.
0: My mom put a bunch of fake plants in my backyard and I just cannot get
1: on board with this. You should... What's going on behind you? Are they, are they fake or real?
0: Oh, those are fake. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Those are fake. Anything because you know what? I come up in this room as much as I'm in here, I'm recording and I am in this room often. Mm-hmm. As soon as I leave the room and I close the door, I forget about everything that's in here. I did have an orchid back here, but rest its sweet orchid soul. <laughs> rest, rest it has gone peace. up for <laughs> plant heaven. It's gone. You should, um, you should pick Brian Danielson's brain
1: about what to grow out there because really? he's the garden
0: guy. Yeah.
1: I did not know he was a garden guy. I will have to ask him about that.
0: Oh yeah. Big. Big time. I think at one point he was like, even considering going, is it like horticulture school? Is that even what you call it? Am I making that up? I feel like that's a thing. We'll get him on the show at some point And I need to talk to him about that because he he is the green thumb from what I understand from what uh, Bree has told me too. So we'll look into that. Anyways. Before we get into more wrestling stuff, you must've freaked out when you bought a
1: house and got released from WWE. What the, what happened? Full blown panic attack. Um, I, I, it was just, it was just unexpected. Um, is all, it was just super unexpected. Um, I didn't, I did not see it coming by any means probably wouldn't have bought a house. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm very happy that, you know, I, that I did and that it all happened in the time that it did, but I definitely had full blown, like crying and freaking out. And I, couple boxes of oreos and like just had like a full blown meltdown and and thank god you know sarah was in, immediately i called her hey i got fired i'm on my way and she just came and just gave me like the biggest hug and it was just she I like thank god for her because i was i was freaking out and and I went through waves of that over the the ninety day time period of like oh no I'm cool. I'm good I'm gonna be fine and then I, and then panic, and then oh no I'm fine I'm fine and then panic like it was just like waves of it that just kept coming. But you know right now I'm just so happy with how things have kind of played out and how things have just fallen into place so perfectly. I'm not mad at all.
0: I always feel like for for myself like at moments in my career when I feel like I'm like. What happened? What am I doing? Is everything okay? And it's always like those middle of the night thoughts that kind of creep in. And you're like, (gasps) and then you wake up in the morning. You're like, okay, everything's fine. I can sort it out. But it's always when those moments hit. That there's always something really great just around the corner. It's hard to see that during that time because you feel like, shit, have I, did the, is my number being called? Did I go through this too many times that now I'm done? But yeah, I always feel like that's the way that it goes. That all of a sudden, oh shit, that stuff all actually happened for a reason. And now here we are. Ruby, Soho is back bitches that's me. that's me what were those 90 days like for you of figuring out
1: where you were gonna go and what you were gonna do? It first happened like I said full-blown panic um, but I knew that one of the steps in buying the house um whenever I'd bought houses previously it had been either like for when I lived with a family member or for the guy I was dating at the time or whatever I'd never bought a house for me and this was, you know, the first step in buying something for me, buying a home for me. And then I kind of wanted to just be like, okay, well, I made that step. Now the decisions I make going forward, especially now having been released, I need to start making choices for me. I need to start being selfish a little bit. And um, because I, I loved, you know, helping. I want to take care of my family, you know, now that I was financially able to when I was with WWE. And I did a lot of that, but I, I, I didn't focus on myself a whole lot. So that's pretty much what I spent the next 90 days doing is building a life for me for when I wasn't involved in wrestling in some capacity.
0: What does that look like? Like, what does that mean of like, what do you want at like the core of you as, as you're kind of discovering this and peeling away all those layers of things you're doing for other people versus the stuff that you actually
1: want? The horses was definitely a huge start that's not for anybody but me because that's, that's my love right there. Those horses are just incredible. And then I've got, you know, my crazy other two, I've got my Corgi, Barney, my Sharpay, Hoovy, and then I have my little, um, my little girl Bambi here who is in my lap 24 seven. So yeah, I got a little freak show going on over here, but they're amazing. And building this farm, which was never a lifestyle that I had anticipated liking. I, I fully blame Sarah for it. She, she's <laughs> I was done gonna it. Say, how did she coerce you it into the this? whole squad? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> right. she did it to live and then she <laughs> yeah. did it to me. Like it's, she's, she's just, she's done it to all of us where she's convinced us that this was, you know, an amazing lifestyle. And it really is. Um, it's, we all three have very different farms, very, very different farms, but farms nonetheless. And it's just, it's so peaceful out here. And it's just, like I said, I, I don't, I don't hear traffic. I don't hear anything. Cause I'm so secluded and uh, I go over to her house and we work out together. And it's just a lot of like, I want this. So I'm going to do it. Not like I want this, but you know, I have to do this for this or this for this person, or I have to make sure this person's good or whatever. It's just like, I want this. I'm going to do it and I'm going to get it. And so I remodeled my house. I did a lot of painting. Like I said, remodeled the barn. And I was just like, I wanted this all to be like perfect for when I came back. And then of course I had to kind of have a hard reset on the wrestler side of me where I'm like, okay, now it's time to build my brand, not somebody else's brand, my brand. And what does that look like? And I think that I have really found who I am and who I've wanted to present myself as you know, for the first time. Because when I was on the indies, I don't think I really knew much of who I was. And I was trying to concede to who somebody else wanted me to be in my previous job. So now this is the first time that I can really be like, okay, this is who I want to present. This is who I am. And it feels great.
0: What did those vision boards uh, I'll use, whether they were physical or just like what you were thinking about of who Ruby Soho is? Like, what were you looking at? What were some of the inspiration you were drawing from or like the things that you felt were most
1: important to you and to your character? Rancid was the perfect beginning, like, like the perfect seed to be planted. Um, I went on Lars's podcast and he bestowed upon me Rudy Soho. Um, That's huge. Like what the fuck? It, my, I, like, I want to throw up like when I was on camera so I could yeah. but like it was... <laughs> it was insane. Like it's, first of all, it's crazy to be able to call like somebody who I've considered like a hero. Um, my friend, first of all, that's nuts. And secondly, I wasn't going to do any other really interviews during that 90 day time. I just kind of wanted to stay quiet and just like do a hard reset. Um, but you know, when Lars Fredrickson asked you to do his podcast, you are going to do his podcast. Yeah, fun. <laughs> um, and, uh, so we did that and we were talking about, you know, what my next name was going to be. I didn't really like Heidi Lovelace cause it was given to me. And it was never pronounced correctly. And it sounded like a porn star name. I didn't like it. Um, so I uh, was stuck and I knew I so wanted to stay with Ruby because Ruby just felt like me. When people would call me that, like I would respond not just because I knew that that was my wrestling name, but it felt like me. And I told him that and he was just like, I was like, and I also got it from Ruby Soho. That was the inspiration when I first found the name. He was like, well, why don't you just go by that? And I was like, I didn't know it was an option. <laughs> he was like yeah, like we can get on the phone. We can start this process. I can get, I can talk to the guys and see what they feel about having you use the song. And I just like melted in my chair and I was like, are you kidding me? It was just, it was insane. And, um, it definitely like started that because it just was perfect to go back to kind of the roots of like my love for punk. Um, because rancid was, you know, one of the first bands that I listened to one of the first punk bands I listened to. And so it was able to go back to my roots of like what I loved. And I was able to kind of Pull from like Heidi, where I had no shame in jamming out to my own entrance music. Whereas, like, my character in WWE was like too cool to jam out. To, but now I'm air guitar and in the middle of the ring and like loving my entrance. Like, I have no problem with that. I can just be free and like jam out just like I'm at a concert with the fans. So it's like stuff like that that I wanted to keep. Um, I wanted to be able to kind of just say how I felt without trying to adhere to what somebody else wanted me to say or or anything like that. My gear has like little bits of Heidi Loveless with like the stitching and stuff like that. Like that was, I was the rag doll. And so it was a lot of the stitching and stuff has that and then has the one-legged thing. So like that I kept with tradition. So I was able to just like with the vignettes that I did, it was just like little homages to the versions of myself before to create like this like Frankenstein version of who I am now.
0: How much fun were you having putting together all of those vignettes and just getting that out? Seeing the reaction of everyone being like, oh shit, it's on. She's coming out on fire. Like, what was, um, what was sort of like the artistic process behind finding what those little Easter eggs were going to be and when you were going to release them and and all that? It
1: was so much fun because I kind of went. Pretty social media silent after I got released, and I kind of felt that that was the way that I wanted it, just because I didn't want to come out and really say anything until I knew I could speak from the most authentic place possible. So the vignettes kind of happened. You know who Don Carlo is, yeah. and so he was the one who kind of like approached me, and we started talking, and I had kind of talked to him a little bit about what my thoughts were and and really how my journey had been as far as like almost like my breakup with WWE, like where I was grieving and I was sad and I was upset about it. And I kind of had like panic and frustration and I'd kind of like talk to him about this and had a few ideas and he kind of like meshed it into this like beautiful story of like me missing the train and and seeing the sadness on my face. And then me hearing the riot squad song and losing my shit and like getting upset and overwhelmed. And then, you know, when I finally got to the city, you know, it was this rebirth of like me jamming out in the middle of an alley um, with a bunch of trash bags (laughs) behind me. Um, So yeah, it was, um, it was, it was amazing. And then the reception was awesome. The reception was better than anything I could have imagined. And it was one of the things that I loved about it is because we had a lot of Easter eggs in there as to like what I was going to be called and, and things like that, people were reading into stuff that may not have necessarily even been there. (laughs) They were like reading into some of the signs, um, that were just like on the, on the wall, um, in, in the alleyways or like some of the pieces of paper that were in the windows of the bar and stuff like that it's what art is is just interpretation and seeing people's different interpretations of what it meant of what of what the easter eggs were and stuff like that i loved seeing all that it was awesome
0: Yeah. It was funny. Like, cause I was kind of doing the similar thing of like looking cause people would have like the screenshots of things. Cause I, I mean, obviously seeing the videos come out and then like seeing the reaction, I'm like, wait, what is all in like, what all has been placed in here and seeing like things slowed down. And it's really cool to be able to invest in yourself like that and to take that time and to be able to make a big splash. I mean, as you are able to do, when you were able to show up as a Joker in the battle Royal, uh, with AEW, what was that moment like for you?
1: I thought I knew what nervous was, but it was so much of my own anticipation, having like known what I was going to be doing and just like thinking about it over and over for, you know, a few months and everything. And and then getting there and meeting everybody or seeing everybody again was awesome. And I was just like, okay, this is the first step. I can't mess this up. Like I can't and like, and I really, really hope. And I played it over and over and again in my head. Anytime I'd listen to the song, like I'd play it in my head and hope that like, oh man, I hope this re- is the reaction that I really, I really want. But I didn't expect it. I just hoped for it. And when I was at the bottom of the stairs and they started chanting Ruby Soho before it ever came out, I was like looking up and then I looked out at everybody and go, oh, and like i'm like um, i'm about to i literally just I'm got, got about I don't know if you can see them but i like cry in this moment i'm about to cry tony pops up from the other side of the of the screen and goes let's go <laughs> <laughs> i was like i can like it was it. the best and like i couldn't believe first of all that they were chanting for me, that, that that's, that's who they wanted. Secondly, they were chanting a name that I hadn't even called myself yet. And that was amazing. And that was like, like I, I was, I told Carlo I was like, thank you so much for helping me do those videos. Cause that helped the spark of like letting people know that this is what I wanted to be called. And uh, like I said, everything had fallen together so perfectly. And then when my music hit and I went out, The reaction on my face is, is every ounce of like genuine, like real authentic. Like I could not contain how happy I was in that moment. I just wanted to live right there forever because I couldn't believe the reception that I got. I, I just couldn't believe it. I was just like, wow, like these people are excited that I'm here and I'm so excited to be here. We're sharing this moment together. And then hearing Ruby Soho behind me was unbelievable because I'm like, wow, this is like my love for punk rock. And my love for pro wrestling, something that's built who I am as a person coming together in this like one perfect moment. I came to the back afterwards. I was like, Tony, if if you want, I can retire. If you want, like I can be done after (laughs) that. He's like, you got stuff to do. You got stuff to do. I was like, okay.
0: (laughs) How about um, when Sarah showed up at your, did she show up at your hotel? What happened there that she surprised you? So
1: I, I, funny story. I got pulled over on the way to the show. So I was like, 15 minutes speeding? late. What happened? Uh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was just so excited. I was so excited that I was just, I was speeding like a mad woman. Got pulled over, got a ticket, but I'm like freaking out. And like, I'm trying to calm myself down. I'm freaking out. Cause I feel like I'm like 15 minutes late and I'm like, Oh my gosh, like I'm late. And like, I, I got a ticket, but I can't even worry about that now. And like this moment is, and I'm texting Sarah, um, you know, at different points and being like, um, Hey girl, uh, I, was going to call you, but like, I'm just trying to like stay focused and and be calm right now. But I'll text you when I get to the venue. And she texts me back. She said, I'm here for you. And in my head, I'm just like, Oh, she's here for me. Like, that's so sweet. Like that's, that's nice of her. And so like, I get to the venue, I have like a hood on and everybody's like trying to sneak me in whatever. And I get like my bag and I'm still flustered because I'm late and whatever. And I'm like excited. I'm walking in and I open the door and she's the first person <laughs> I see. And she has cash with her. And I just start bawling. And I was like, why, 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 why are you, huh? And I just like hugged her. And then I grabbed Cash and I just like held him. I was like, what are you guys doing here? She said, I said, I'm here for you. And I was like, you
0: are the worst.
1: (laughs) And yeah, so apparently she'd had it planned for a while and she's terrible at keeping secrets. So she almost spilled it like three or four times the whole, like while she had it, she almost was like telling me about Cash's first like airplane trip before I'm ever supposed to know about it. But, um, but yeah, it was, it was amazing because she's always been there for all of our milestones in our career. Like we've been together, you know, since we first started. And so for her to be there, just made it that much more special.
0: The NFL is back and FanDuel Sportsbook wants you to get the most out of every play. That's why they're giving everyone a $10 risk-free bet every week. All you have to do is bet a same game parlay bet with three legs or more. And if your bet doesn't win, FanDuel will pay you back up to $10. Reasons that I love me some FanDuel Sportsbook, the fast payouts. This is what I want. I want to be able to put my money down and then get it all back. Back. It's super easy to use. It's very easy to navigate. Um, you know, I kind of say this all the time: if I can do it, you can do it. I am not the most tech savvy. I don't always know how to navigate these apps, but they make it crystal clear, super easy to follow. Um, and they're America's number one sports book. So, I mean, that being said, people are invested. People know that this is the place to be. So that's where I want to be. And you know, there's no feeling like nailing a same game parlay bet. So lock in your bet today on FanDuel Sportsbook and get up to ten bucks back if your bet doesn't win. New to FanDuel Sportsbook, they're also offering a risk-free $1,000 bet if you prefer that. Just sign up and use the promo code Renee. Uh, and if your first bet loses, you get up to $1,000 back in site credit. Just use the promo code RENE, Renee R-E-N-E-E. Disclaimer, twenty-one plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Refund issued as is non-withdrawable site credit that expires in seven days. Maximum refund, $10. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Same game parlay available for multiple sports in all states on mobile and web. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler or visit fanduel.com slash RG for Colorado, New Jersey, or Virginia. Or 1 800 9 with it for Indiana, 1 800 270 7117 for confidential help in Michigan. Tennessee Redline, 1 800 889 9789 in Tennessee. Visit www.1800 Gambler.net for West Virginia or call 1 800 NEXT STEP or text NEXT STEP to 533 42 in Arizona. Let's talk about Rampage from Friday. Day because you and Brit really fucking did the damn thing. Um, before me even getting eyes on it, I had people texting me about it and seeing it online. How good does it feel to be able to go out there and just do your own
1: thing and speak from the heart? It feels so good. I just I remember going out there. I was jamming out to the music, whatever. When I heard my own voice echo from that microphone, I was like. I just knew I was like free. Like I could just say whatever I wanted. We were just out to hurt each other's feelings and like to go below the belt. It was an amazing thing to just have that microphone and be like, okay, my boss trusts me. That's awesome.
0: So first singles match for the title against Britt Baker at Arthur Ashe Stadium. What is going through your mind? What do you want to accomplish? And what do you kind of want the takeaway to be from being able to see you in this new light?
1: this all happened way faster than I ever anticipated. You know, I only got here a couple of weeks ago. So I know that, you know, I don't have any time to waste. Like I have to prepare as much as humanly possible. And it's been a long time since I've had like that high caliber of a match. And I need to prove to myself that I can do it. Um, Cause it's been, it has been such a long time since, you know, I've had such like a, a high caliber, like, singles match that I can really prove to myself and, you know, hopefully everybody else that like, there's a reason that y'all are excited to see me. There's a reason that I have so much more to offer. There's a reason that I'm here in this moment, in this time, and it's to prove that I I still got it. And then I I hope I can. I honestly, I I honestly hope I can. So um, I'm so nervous. I'm so nervous, but I'm excited.
0: I love being able to see my friends thrive and see you in such a great spot and see you so happy. And it's, it's cool when you see someone and you're like, oh, she's exactly where she's supposed to be. And, you know, not to be cliche, but yeah, things happen for a fucking certain reason. And for whatever reason, this was your moment to be able to go do your own thing, prove your worth as a singles competitor, as, as a performer, all of that. And to have so much, uh, I guess like power and positivity and all of that, just on your side, going into that is so fucking cool to see. Um, What, what was it like? I guess like, I mean, yes, everything is going really great for you right now and it's awesome. It's so cool to see, but looking on the other side of things, what do you think was not working in WWE? What was kind of happening on that? Like tail end of the riot squad, breaking up, you guys all kind of doing your own thing. What happened in
1: your opinion? I wish I knew. Cause like I said, I came as a, a huge, a huge shock to me. Um, and there were, there were a lot of ones that, that I, I didn't, I didn't see coming. I liked my job at the time. Like I, I, I liked it. I, I didn't have a lot of problems. I love that locker room so much. I love the women, especially like the SmackDown women's locker room was some of my, the best times of my life. Cause those women are just absolutely incredible people. You know, Liv and I were you know, working our asses off to try and be the most cohesive tag team we possibly could. And so I have no idea really um, what maybe I was missing or what didn't work. Obviously, I I fit better somewhere else. And I I felt that the moment that I came out um, at All Out, I was like, this is like, like you said, this is where I'm meant to be. Like, this is where I'm supposed to be. AEW, like, these are my people. Like, this is the place that I feel the most at home, but you know like, like i said i don't know i don 't know what happened. I wish I did, but i didn't talk to a lot of people while like i did i try, I tried to, but like i didn't get a lot of feedback while I was there, so um, i didn't always know if there was something that I was doing wrong
0: that's always sort of the frustrating part too, and um You know, I I know that I could feel that for myself at certain points of being like, Hey, I'm not really sure what's happening, but no one's really saying anything to me. And that stresses me out. Everyone's just like, carry on doing what you're doing. But you're like, something's not working here. And it just doesn't feel
1: right. That was all I ever really wanted. Like, I just wanted to be better, to do better, to do better for the product. And I submitted a lot of stuff and tried to get as much feedback as I could. It wasn't always... Connecting with getting honest feedback, and I wish I knew, but I don't.
0: What was your relationship with Vince like? Did you have a relationship with him, or is it sort of like lack
1: thereof? Yeah, not really. We didn't speak very often. Like I'd see him after matches and stuff. We didn't really talk. He was always so busy. It was so busy. I think I spoke to him in his office probably in four years twice. But I was also not one of those people. I I guess like, and maybe this was my own fault that I wasn't at his door all the time, you know, and I wasn't trying to like make more of a connection and make more of a a relationship. But I was,
0: it's hard to do that. And it's like, it is, I don't want to just say
1: like that. It's like time consuming,
0: but it's like the days are busy. Like TV days are busy. You know, he is busy. And when you're sitting out there twiddling your thumbs, waiting for the like, can I go in? Don't I go in? What's happening? When's the right time? Has he eaten yet? What's, you know, all the things that you've got to like run down that list. It It's hard to like establish that relationship and to try to establish it within the five minutes that you might get with him. It can be really
1: difficult. A hundred percent. And like I said, he's so busy that I, I feel like I'm one of those people, like as an employee, like you hired me because you trust me that I know what I'm doing. And I feel like, unless I hear that you don't like something that I'm doing and I need to talk to you so we can address it. I don't feel like I need to waste your time. And that was one of the things is like, I don't, I don't want to insult you by wasting your time and being like, Oh, Hey, like, why am I not booked? Like I understand, like it's wrestling. Like I get it. I was not one of those people that liked to do that. Like, unless I had something to talk to him about. And like I said, maybe I needed to be a little bit more forceful or, or about trying to build a relationship with him and just talk to him. But like with him being so busy, I didn't want, unless I had something important to talk to him about, like I didn't want to waste his time.
0: Yeah, I I can definitely relate to that. I mean, there were so many times that I'm like, I feel like I should talk to Vince more, but also, fuck it. <laughs>
1: Not like a fucking like a bad way, but like... But like also like I I you, you hired me because you you trust that I know what I'm doing. And until I hear something different that I'm not doing something correct, then I'm just going to trust that what I'm doing is okay for you. And that should be it, you know, and that, and that was just like, my mentality is just like direct. Like, if you think I am shit in the bed, tell me if you think that I am doing great. Cool. If you think that I need to work on something, tell me and, and, and I'll do it. Like I'm, I, I just like directness. And it was difficult just because there was just a lot of people that, you know, were in pulled in different directions. So um, not that it's a bad thing. There's it's a, it's a huge company and like, there's a lot of people in charge. So it's not a bad thing. It just, it just maybe wasn't the right place for me.
0: Now here we are. Everything is great. Every a train is on the tracks. We're all moving in the right direction. It's great. Um, I was getting ready for this interview with you and uh, I was trying to look up a bunch of different information on you. There's not a lot out there. Like, I feel like you have done a very good job of clamping it down. There's not a lot of like real personal information about you other than like you wanted to be a
1: teacher. Years and years and years ago, a lifetime ago, but yeah, a music teacher. What's your music background? I sang in choir for a number of years and I wanted to be a choir teacher. But turns out can't read music. Like I can't, I can read it, but I can't sight read and like read it and then have it come out of my mouth. It's something doesn't click in there. And so actually I went to try out for the music program at Grand Valley State University in Michigan. And, uh, that was the part that I failed in. And then after that, I dropped out of college to fake fight my underwear. <laughs> So. <laughs> yeah. Made my parents what, proud. What
0: are your go-to
1: songs? I did not know that you have this voice. The one that I can think of, because like I said, it feels like a lifetime ago. You know, it feels like a lifetime ago that I sang. But like I, I think I, I, I sang um, Ave Maria. I think wow. at some point um, for my for my audition. I think was was one of them. Does this audition like live somewhere? I'm, not, I'm obviously not gonna ask you to sing on cue, but like no, no. Oh my goodness, uh... <laughs> I, I I don't sing very often, like ever. Um, sometimes in my car. I think I'm way better. I'm not great at like radio songs. Like if you give me like show to Tunes or, or like choir music. I'm okay. But, um, but yeah, yeah, I think, uh, I think if I remember correctly, that's the one that I remember is my audition piece. But other than that, like I said, I did a lot of musicals. So those were really fun.
0: Was that something that you thought about doing though, of like getting into like musical theater or like being in a band or something like that?
1: I minored in theater. So I majored in, um, And I I started off majoring in dental hygiene. Okay, as funny as that is, considering who my opponent is, stuck on that DMD. Exactly. Yeah, I didn't didn't (laughs) like it. Um, And it's no offense to anybody who does it, but I just it wasn't for me. But my uh, my cousins did it, and my parents were like, "This pays a lot. Do it." And so I switched it to something that I felt like was going to be more fulfilling to me. Um, So I did um, music um, education and with a minor in um, theater and bounced around from a couple different majors between like education and music and theater and stuff like that. But I came from a small town, so never in my life did I think that that was like a a fathomable thing to ever play, like do musical theater as an occupation. But I, uh, I wanted to at least just try to be a choir teacher. And like, obviously that didn't work out, but Everything happens for a reason because right after I, had I passed the sight reading portion of that audition, I would be a choir teacher right now and I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you. So it's crazy to think that things like that would have happened, but yeah.
0: So where does this all intersect of like, you're like, you were into musical theater and choir and dental hygiene, but you're a professional wrestler.
1: Who was like your crew in high school? Didn't really have one. I didn't have a whole lot of without making this super sad. I didn't have a whole lot of friends. Why? Because I'm socially awkward as all hell. I'm just in an industry right now where a lot of other people are. So it's more acceptable. (laughs) (laughs) So like (laughs) that's pretty much why it looks different, but I'm just very socially awkward. And um, I didn't have a lot of friends in middle school. So like just my lack of like, interaction with a lot of different kids was um was apparent. I had one best friend that I still to this day have. She's been one of my closest friends for 20 years and she's actually the person that introduced me to pro wrestling. So she was my childhood best friend. She uh, moved in across the street from me. Um and uh my mom was like we're going to her birthday party. I'm like mom, I don't know her. And she was like we're going. Nobody's coming cuz she's just moved here. We're going to her birthday party. I was like okay. So yeah, so her and I became friends and then her family was Obsessed with all things wrestling, and then her older brother started doing it kind of independently. And so we used to go to these like real small shows in uh, in Northern Indiana, and 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 watch him in front of like ten people and stuff like that. And so like that kind of introduced me to that world, but I didn't even know what that world consisted of. So like, I, I whenever I, we'd go over there, they watched it so much. I was like, oh my god, are we watching wrestling again? Like, are you serious? But I I came to love it being a fan of it live. And then, and then starting to like appreciate everything that I was seeing on TV. And then summer, like right after I had failed that audition, I went back to a show, you know, with the people that we had met with her and, uh, I saw two women doing it. And I was like, this could be something fun. Like this could, I I could do that. Like I, I could do that. So I started in a backyard. I was like, Hey, can I, can I try this out? I hadn't been good at any organized sports my whole life. I tried them. It's terrible at all of them. Volleyball basketball, all of it. I was terrible. That's
0: requiring a lot of hand-eye coordination. It's so hard. And
1: it's one thing that I love about wrestling that doesn't exist in organized sports. If you're bad at one thing, you're bad at the whole sport. Like if you can't throw a free throw, like you just, you, you, you might not be great at basketball, but like, with wrestling, like if you can't do this, guess what? There's a whole other bunch of other things that you can do. You don't have to
0: do moonsault. Exactly. We can find other things exactly. for you to do. I have
1: <laughs> very little hops. Like I can't jump very high. So I don't leave my feet very often. <laughs> so, um, that was one thing that I just loved and it felt very freeing to me. And it was like the one time where I was, cause like when I was in high school, I was socially awkward, but I was trying really hard to fit in. So I would go to like Goodwills and like Plato's Closet and stuff to find like brand name clothes. Cause my parents couldn't afford like the brand name stuff to find those clothes to wear, to try and make friends with like kids at school. But like when I was in the ring, like it just felt like I could be anybody like I didn't have to pick like I didn't have to be these girls I didn't have to be anything that anybody wanted me I could just be me and it felt very freeing and so I kind of got like really hooked on it and then I started doing a couple independent shows and then it just like it just took off from there my love for it just like I just felt I fell in love with it inside of it in a backyard but inside the ring
0: you talk about your tiny hops and um you know from like the athletic standpoint of things when it comes to professional wrestling what was it like for you to be in the ring with an athlete the caliber of uh, Ronda Rousey? Cuz you guys did a lot of house shows together.
1: Yeah, it was awesome. Ronda's so great. Like I can't say enough nice things about her. She is incredibly humble and she always like approached it from a way of like I know that this is a sport that I don't know a lot about, but I want to learn. And she absorbed it all like a sponge. Her instincts were on point. Like she picked everything up super quickly and she was, she was just amazing. She was so fun to work with. And it was, it was such an awesome thing to, cause like a lot of times where you kind of feel like things get monotonous when you approach matches and stuff where you're like, okay, Like I approached this opponent kind of this, the same way as I approached this one with her, it was something where I had to like hit a hard reset and be like, okay, well, this girl can't get me in a hold. If she does, I'm done. It was awesome to be able to have to think differently than I had previously with opponents. Like I I had to like approach it differently and it just got my creative juices flowing and, and hers as well. She was awesome. And I like, I went up to her, I was like, what are all, I need all the things that are illegal in mixed martial arts. Tell me all of them. Cause those are all the things I'm going to do to yeah. you. <laughs> um, and yeah, so she uh, was the one who rallied for the singles match that we had after elimination chamber. She was the one who asked for that. And so I thought that was, that was really, really awesome of her to do that. And that was the first time in a singles match and the only time I believe it as a singles match that I main evented Monday Night Raw. Kudos to
0: Rhonda. Gonna be a mom soon. Hell yes. Oh my gosh. Um, so your debut in AEW, uh, you, you get to be part of the Battle Royal. You get to mess around with a bunch of the girls in AEW. Obviously, you've got singles match with Brit coming up. Who else do you really want to work with?
1: There's a bunch of them that kind of slipped through my fingers on the indies that I, I, I feel like I've wanted to work with for quite some time. The one that comes to mind first and foremost is Serena Deep. Serena, I've been like a step behind her. A lot through our careers like she made it to shimmer and then when she left shimmer that i was there and then she went to ovw like she left i was there and then wwe and now aew like so i've just been like right behind her this whole time yeah yeah and i i'm a huge fan of her i think she's incredible so she's definitely one of them i think that um diamante is amazing big swole is amazing I've wanted to work with Nyla Rose for a long time. She's impressive as all hell. So like there's, that's the thing is like, I just, I'm so excited at the possibilities of all the girls that I get to face and all the different kinds of fight that they're going to bring out in me. So I'm, I'm pumped.
0: Um, okay, before I let you go, uh, you're covered in tattoos. Have you gotten any new tattoos since you left WWE to like commemorate
1: anything? No, no, because I, I got, this is my most recent one. This is my most Ooh, recent one. Oh one with the cat. Yeah, she's there. Little thing. This is my but I got that one before I left WWE. I wanted to. But I'm running out of ideas at this point. Like I'm running out of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um and I yeah, I I don't know. I like I still gotta find an artist out here in Ohio that I can come to know and trust. Cause my girl who did all my work in Indiana, who like did my neck and stuff like that, like um I can still go back to her, but she's very busy because she's great at what she does. So, um, yeah, so I'm still trying to figure out, uh, I would like to finish this. Um, and I would potentially like to do my back. I'm going to give my dad a heart attack before <laughs> the end of all of it. And he's like, can you just promise me you're not going to get another one? I was like, no, I'm not promising you that. How about I promise you I won't tattoo my face. And he was like, is that all I get? And I was like, that's the best you get. And he's like, fine. Take it dad. Sorry. <laughs> So sorry. Do your parents get to come out to shows? Um, sometimes. Um, not always, but you know, they always watch stuff. The thing that they focus so much on that I, that I love is it's just cute. They watch a lot of my interviews. Guaranteed, probably watch this one, but they watch a lot of my interviews. Um, like they might like the press conference thing we did after All Out, and my dad is just, you're just so well spoken. Like you just you just sound you just sound professional. Like. Like he'll talk about that 10 times longer than he'll talk about like, oh, you wrestled and you did this, like, but you just you just handle yourself so well. And I'm like, thanks, Pops. I appreciate it. <laughs> it Focus so much on like the press conference. I'm like, okay. You <laughs> do you know, I did, I did, I did wrestle, Dad. I I did, I did wrestle. I, I I'm number one contender for the you oh, you don't know what that means? All right, cool. <laughs> got it, got it. <laughs> great, great. Thanks, Dad.
0: Much appreciated. That's the best. Well, hi mom, hi dad. Thanks for watching the interview. If you're watching, um, all right. So next time that I have you on the show, we're gonna turn this into a cribs episode because I would love to see what your whole house looks like. Because it looks so damn cool. Of course. Or maybe of I'll course. just be able to come visit soon.
1: You have. I want to see those you horses. Have to. I've learned a lot of men are afraid of horses. The majority of like, I have like guy friends or, or like a lot of people that I've met are afraid of horses. Uh, like guys are. And I don't know why. Maybe it's because like they're afraid of something that's bigger than them that could potentially. I don't know if it's like more of like a, an emotional connection that girls have. But like a lot of guys I know are, are are afraid of horses. Not all, obviously. Is John afraid of horses?
0: I don't know. That's a good question. But I honestly wouldn't be surprised if he was because he's kind of weird about like he loves animals like he loves our dogs if if he passes any dog on the street he like has the like the dog voice that he does that he also does for our daughter it's the same voice um but he like he will get down on the ground and like smooch a dog in the face doesn't care but Like he will, he doesn't want to go in the ocean. We were in Hawaii on our honeymoon and we're like snorkeling, and uh, there was a sea turtle by him. You would have thought fucking Jaws was by him. Like he, the panic he had, he grabbed my foot. Like sea (laughs) turtle, (laughs) yeah, a sea turtle. The ocean freaks him out on the best of days, anyways, because he this he honestly thinks everything's a shark. So I wouldn't be surprised if he was a little hesitant around a horse, but I think once he realized that horses are like big dogs, actually, I just remembered that I took him horseback riding for his birthday years ago and he loved it. So actually maybe he wouldn't know. I think he would actually be good with a horse though. This was, what do you call it when it's like a horse bred with a donkey? I don't know what that's called. I've seen it. There's a term for that. There's a term for, it, and I don't know what it is, but that's what we got put on. Um, out by Red Rock Canyon in Las Vegas, where we live, you can do these like morning crest trail things. So we went to do that. and It's awesome. You go as like the sun's coming up and it's nice and cold and you're on the back of a horse. It was really, really cool. But we had the ones that are bred with donkeys, whatever the fuck they're called. And, but they're more sure-footed because they have tinier hooves. So they can like... Uh, so, um, Emilio just told me it's called a hinny. It's not a hinny. Wait, they're both saying hinny. Both my producers right now are texting me saying that it's a hinny. I don't think that's the term in a mule. Isn't a mule just a donkey? I don't know. I don't know much about donkeys. That's what I thought, too. Anyways, whatever. Someone else will chime in. uh, Let us know. But thank you so much for joining me. It was a blast to have you on here. Get to just see you flourishing, doing your thing. Super excited to see the singles match uh, for the Women's Championship in AEW against Britt Baker. We will all be watching. And uh, you can just prove to the world again why you're such a bad motherfucker. You're the best. Sorry, Dad. We didn't mean to. We we spoke really well, and now we just... I had to throw a motherfucker in there. I apologize. (laughs) Yeah, throw it in there. Sorry, Dad. I love it. All right. I'll see you soon. Thanks sister. I miss you. I miss you too. Thank you to Ruby for hanging out with me. Wish her nothing but the most luck. Not that she needs it. I do, I wish her, you can't, I'm saying you wish someone luck. Is that annoying? What do you say? I wish you well. That sounds like you're never going to talk to them ever again. I wish you the best. Sounds impersonal. I don't know. I just, I like seeing her happy. I like seeing her happy. I like seeing her crush it. I like seeing uh, fans really gravitating towards this woman right now. She deserves all of it. She's an absolute badass and she just fucking loves wrestling. That's what we need in this world, at least in the, in the wrestling world. Thanks for hanging. You guys can check this episode. It's going to be up on my YouTube page. Um... In a couple days, in a week, or two weeks, something like that, Emilio will let us know. It'll be up on my YouTube, but if you go over there um, on my YouTube page, just turn on your notifications, subscribe, and all that, and you will know when this episode is out for your viewing pleasure. Honestly, you do want to get the visuals for this because Ruby's house looks cool as all hell. So, at least for that. I'm so nosy looking at people's houses. I love that. So, if you're a freak like me and want to just look in people's houses... Go to my YouTube page. <laughs> Bye, guys.